And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Let's just say Podcast Dave is a little sore today. <laughs> just a little. Uh, you do like the, you put the hand on the toilet seat as you decided to go down slowly, right? to the. I, I've been there many of times. I understand what you're going through. To, to explain to me the problems you've had since we've done these workouts. I haven't had any problems. I haven't left bed. <laughs> <laughs> you left bed, eh? Oh. You got you to gotta show that beautiful WWE video you have of you doing the, the, oh. uh, yeah. the attack off the back of the couch. Oh, it's that great. It didn't end too well for you. <laughs> I was actually getting up there. So just so you guys can actually feel bad. I was getting up there to dance for my kid so, because he was watching cartoons uh-huh. and I slipped off. So then I couldn't dance anymore. So. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> so if you guys haven't checked it out yet, go to Podcast Dave uh, on Instagram. And he's posted a video of him trying to jump up on the back of the couch, trying to dance for his son, and he slips and falls. It's hilarious, man. It's hilarious. But uh, check that video out. It's on uh, Podcast Dave uh, on Instagram. Uh, look, just so you guys know, we we uh, we didn't think we were going to do this, but we did. Uh, Bellator reached out to us, and Viacom reached out to us, and asked us to do, like, you know, whatever we want to do, home videos. And so I decided, since I have a gym, and we were filming, um, Dave and I decided to get out of the house and come in and film a couple of videos. We did, I mean, do three or four? Yeah, four. So we did four videos. One's, one's dropping this morning. Yeah, it did already. It did already. So there's one out there. So there's four videos up. You guys can actually tie the workouts together. You can do one individually with the rounds that we had set up. Uh, but it's called Alone Together because there's a lot of people going through some mental issues at home, being stuck at home. They're just freaking out, uh, not being able to be around their family members, their mom, their dad, whatever it is. Um, you know, so just so you guys understand, just, you know, sell. we want you guys to to share these videos and and let people know that they're 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 not at home alone um that we're all out there doing the same thing just uh sharing positive vibes and things like that we're so all bored yeah <laughs> i saw that i saw that picture you posted too your wife on one end and you on the other end it was oh, hilarious. your table's so damn big we were talking about that before i was like jeez <laughs> man so uh it must be full though because you have the whole family coming in right on uh, uh like for holidays no, I got well. Yeah, when I have holidays, but yeah. right now I was supposed to have. Uh, in fact, uh, I think Randy Couture and a bunch were coming out in April, and then uh, some other people, and now no one's coming. No oh, man, everyone's sequestered. Yeah, they can drive there. <laughs> they can drive there. They don't have to fly. Dude, who the hell wants to drive that far? Yeah. I'm the only <laughs> idiot that drives that far. I lo- I actually love driving. I, I don't so drive do I. at all. I, I can't. I, I can't. Would, I would much rather drive. I can't far. be in the car if somebody else is driving for that long of distance. I have to be the one driving. I just enjoy it. It's relaxing. It's just re- I turn the music up, roll the windows down, you know, and just enjoy it. I love it. Um, the one thing I don't do though, which is crazy that I like because I like to drive, is I don't stop and like take pictures and locations. I just like to drive. I should, I've got to start stopping randomly. <laughs> randomly, I'll stop occasionally. Like uh, there's a uh, Multnomah Falls, I think it's called Multnomah Falls up in Oregon. I've stopped there, hiked up to the top where the waterfall is, and come down. It's right off the freeway, so it's so convenient and easy. Um, you know, but everything else, I really haven't. I, I normally just just drive right through. It's crazy. I'll stop maybe like take pictures of like site one like sightseeing spot. There's a little spot that shows you all the mountains in Washington. You can stop and it shows an arrow of where it is. You know, Mount Hood, Mount Rainier. You know, all these other things. I've done that, but occasionally I don't like to stop. I don't like to stop. Well. Yeah, my so- wife hates driving with me because I don't stop ever. 
I don't stop. I, the only thing I stop for is gas, and she's like hitting me. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, dude, she, she's got a bladder like a walnut. Oh man. I mean, it's got to be that big because it's like every hour I gotta go. I gotta go. It tr drives me crazy. Yeah. I just want to get in. I can. I can hold forever. I just want to drive. Go. The I guess the next part for me is the other thing. I don't like to drive with people. I just like to drive by myself. <laughs> I mean, just let's be real. I'm like when I'm going on a road trip, I'll drive to LA quite a bit or San Diego, or even when I drive up to Idaho and see my grandparent, my grandmother, is man, I just I like the drive. I can go up uh, I-5 all the way to Portland, see some friends in Portland, or I can go up through the back way through Bend, Oregon. It's beautiful up that back Yeah, that's road. pretty. I-5 is ugly. It is. It is. It's ugly. <laughs> the whole way. I don't yeah. care where you're at. It's ugly. If I go up unless, through... Unless you're all the way down towards San Diego. That's about the only place it starts to get okay. If I go up through Bend, Oregon, like through Weed, like up past Redding, then you go through Weed. Um, is Weed in Oregon or California? I think it's Oregon. It, that's right where it's right, weed, right at yeah it. weed is at the border yeah. like weed is at the border so you go through weed go up through bend oregon well they, bo they both allow weed <laughs> so, the thing matter. the thing i don't like about that road though is if you get stuck behind semis you're fucked man because only two lanes oh, so dude, you gotta try and get the pass and it's like yeah. uh, and then also the other thing i don't like about it is if you drive like, i like to drive I like to drive, like, sometimes I'll leave, like, right after traffic or drive through the night so I, I see the morning sunrise in Washington. It's beautiful, man. Yep. Because there's big rolling hills and the wheat farms and all the other stuff that's out there, you know? Um, I like that. But then, like I said, you get stuck behind the two lanes. But when you're coming up through there, it's dark. All the deer come down to where the road runs off, where all the water is. And that freaks yep. me out. You'll see, like... Oh yeah, they're 30, running across 40 it the deers. whole time. Yeah, you see 30, 40 deers on the side of the road. You just don't know when one's going to decide to get skittish and run out in front of you. You yeah, see, yeah, the worst ones was when you're on a motorcycle doing it. Oh yeah, I'll pass, man. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be riding at that time of night, <laughs> at three in the four in the morning. But I'm saying, it, like those times, gotta get there, all out there. And it's yeah. what's crazy is when you see like half of a deer laying on the side of the road because the the semi hit it, and you're just like, oh, there's blood for like a mile. You're like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> oh, that could be your car. No, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, deers do good damage to cars, man. <laughs> All right, so we we decided to put together because there's obviously no fights going on. No, there was fights. There was. Come on, Cage Warriors one thirteen happened in Manchester. Oh man, no crowd. No, I feel you. It's it's just it's so hard for fighters to fight with no crowd. I'm sorry. It's it's really rough. I didn't you can, want, I didn't a guy it. a guy wins a championship. You know that's a I don't care. It's the Cage Warriors championship. That's the biggest moment. And he's got like four people in his corner cheering. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I just feel bad for him. Who, which fighters from um, the UFC do they move over to that show? I'm not sure. I'm not, yeah, I, it's because I don't know if uh, the, the big fighters, the big fights that they had, yeah, were, were all cage warrior guys like Patty Pimlet and uh, was Mason. He was he was there already, he won the championship for him. But it's like you know, I, it's again, I, I look at it two ways it's good that sports are out there for people to see if they can get that and see an actual live sporting event yeah that's great i think we need it because it's a it's a release from the real world but it's like one of those it's so hard on the fighters themselves with no crowd any any athlete responds to a crowd some respond positively some yeah. respond negatively with their performance but it's just part of the the aura of sports so it's kind of, it's just weird here, 
I was talking to some people in the UK and I was, I was, um, they were saying, yeah, cage warriors. I didn't know it was last night. Um, but they were talking about it and I was like, yeah, some of the UFC guys got moved over. I'm like, Oh, I said, that's wonderful. Can, I can't imagine it being like top guys. And I said, if no. it's not top guys, that means that these, these fighters, this was probably supposed to be their first, or their second fight in the UFC, which means if they go over there and they lose, they're out. Yeah, trouble. So there's that. And then their whole life has been built. This whole moment has come to them fighting in the UFC. Everyone wants to talk about how great the UFC is. And I and I agree. They're, they're, the, they're the biggest promotion in the world right now, worldwide. No doubt. We can't deny that. The thing is, though, is that these, these <laughs> go guys. Go ahead and deny it. Yeah, it looks stupid. These guys and girls, whoever it was, they got moved to Cage Warriors. This was probably their first fight in the UFC. And now they're stuck fighting in, in cage warriors when they've been trying to get out of that type of show since the beginning. And they're fighting in front of no crowd. And if they lose, they probably won't be invited back. And that's, I feel really bad for like those ones because they, they went there and this could be it. Like, oh, that was your chance. You know, you fought in cage war and no one, you know, like no one really even saw your fight. And you're, you're, you know, you're going to have to probably fight three or four more times, get some wins just to get back in. And that was their opportunity and their chance. Maybe they would have performed better with the crowd. Maybe they, maybe they would have, you know, rose to the occasion better if it was they walked out. It, just the energy, and I don't know. But I'd hate to see those fighters not ever get their chance back again in a situation like this. It sucks. I just, yeah, I wish, I just wish. I've been, I, I haven't been there. You know, you have been there. I haven't been there. <laughs> But I've been in that I've been in that scenario where it's like, look, you got to win this fight. I, I can't actually say I have been there, to be honest. I got signed by the UFC. Then um, I got in a bunch of trouble, and uh, I had to I had to leave for a while. I got signed. I hadn't had my first fight yet, and I don't know if many many people know this, but um, you know, I got in trouble and I went to jail for for quite a while, and I got out. That's UFC, why you don't fight outside yes, of the cage, dummy. Very true. <laughs> and so when I came back, I think I think I had signed the Talk contract. About the pot calling the kettle about black yeah. sorry <laughs> when i had came back it'd been almost like over a year and a half i had signed my contract to fight for the ufc and so when i came back um you know i just i needed money right away so i ended up taking a fight with um with wfa and i fought razor rob mccullough who ended up yeah. being the wc champ and I, mean, I don't know if he ever fought in the ufc i don't think he did i think he retired no, like right didn't but man you know what razor had some rob was a good stand-up yep. Muay Thai fighter Yep. Yeah. So I had fought him in WFA and Joe Silva had called me. I don't in the beginning, Joe didn't I don't think Joe really thought I was ready for the UFC. And Joe's like, Hey, you lose this fight. He's like, We gotta cut you. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> son of a bitch. Thank thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate the confidence boost. Yeah, but the only thing was WFA paid <laughs> WFA paid me the same that I was getting paid for my first UFC fight. So I was like, Hey, it's it's a it wasn't like I was taking a pay cut. You know, I mean, sure the name wasn't there, but we fought at I wanna say it was called the Aladdin back then. The Aladdin Hotel in Vegas. Yeah, we fought there. Well, Man. at that time, the WFA, people don't remember, but John Lewis yes. was the partner with a guy named uh, John Huntington. John Huntington. Him and I are good friends still. Yeah, bro, no kidding. Yeah. Hunt Huntington used to put on some very big parties. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> very yep. big. I met I met him through Chuck, because Chuck and I have been friends for that long. Yeah, 98, 99, I think 98, yeah. Yeah, I met John through, and then you know he went on to own uh, Huntington and Hart, the tattoo company. Tattoo. There. They had one at the Palms. With Corey Hart. Yep. No, yeah. uh, not Corey. Um, oh, was the Carrie Hart? Carrie Hart. Carrie Hart. Hart. Yep, Carrie yeah. Hart. Yep. She. He's married to Pink. 
Yeah. Uh, singer. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah we're getting all. Anyways, I think we're getting way off. Yeah. Right yeah. There. So that that was a that was kind of the same type of scenario. Probably some of these fighters are going through. You know, I don't know if they're getting paid. What they're getting paid and stuff. But anyways. I didn't even look. I didn't even look at it that way. You know, I'm looking at at least they're getting a, a chance of getting a payday, getting some money in their bank account so they can make it through this troubling time. I'm going to bring up one thing. I'm looking at the, you know, MMA websites have nothing to write about. So now they're they're like going after, oh, the UFC and Endeavor are in trouble with the creditors and that Viacom with Bellator is doing you know, the same thing. It's like, hey, if this stays six around, who do you think's not in trouble, dude? Of course the UFC's in trouble. They have to put on fights. That's how they, yeah. they run their business. You know, why are you trying to make something up that right now has nothing to do with anything? Stop. You know, don't go after them like that. There's not one fight promotion, not one. Yeah. That right now financially isn't a isn't in a pinch. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to remember these guys, their contracts. So those guys at home that don't understand how these contracts work, they're signed for a duration, like a certain amount of time. Or fights. So whichever one comes uh, first, they have to meet that. So like three fights in a year. Let's just say, make it easy math for people. Three fights in a year is normally what the old contracts were. Now it's more. I want to say it's like three or four fights in 18 to 24 months, two years. Um, they have to meet that quota. If they don't, then they got to pay them out. So to go back in history to Sean Shirk when he fought Matt Hughes at UFC 42 in Miami, he um, was on, he had his fight there, but he also had another fight they had to fight him on before his last fight. And so he ended up, I think he ended up leaving the UFC for a while, right? Before he came yeah. back to fight at 155. But he left the UFC for a while because after his fight with Matt Hughes, they they needed to fight him like another one or two more times. They still owed him the money and they, could, they weren't going to fight him. So they ended up having to pay him out, and that pissed him off. I think that's why they had a splitting of ways for a long time until he got a new manager. So, um, yeah, it was just really like you you guys have to understand that they have to – during this time, these fight. there's normally – UFC has all these fights set up and booked, and they have yeah. a schedule. The 600-something people they have on their, on their roster need to be fought, and the reason why they need to be fought is because they're on a time frame for those guys. They're on a contract. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, you know, and let, let's break it down so people understand that contract and the way that it works. The UFC is obligated to offer the fighter a fight within yeah. this time period, and this three fights within usually a one year period. We'll say. Mm -hmm. Now, if the fighter doesn't take the fight, then they don't owe him that, and it just moves on. Extends their and contract for extends four to six the contract months. exactly. Yeah. So, but if you know. The only other time is if they, you know, contact the UFC and say, you know, I'm injured, uh, don't put me on the, then it extends out too. But the fight has to be offered to them because if the UFC can't offer that fight, they automatically have to pay the fighter yeah. for that fight without them fighting. Yeah, now a lot of those fighters will not take that chance like Sean Shirk did because then that puts them in the bad <laughs> in the bad graces of the UFC yeah, and Dana and whoever. That's a choice. That's a choice. So, um, you know, they won't do that. But let's just let's be real. Like the UFC will do that to you. If you turn down a fight, they will extend your contract for four to six months. Yeah. You know, I want to say like Paige Van Zandt right now is going through it because of her arm and then she's healing, whatever it is. But she I don't know if she's turned down a fight or whatever, but her contract now well, since she, she is not able to fight she, is being extended. Yeah, she had a fight scheduled mm -hmm. and then was injured again or it was the same injury that recurred. So it got extended. And as soon as you say that you're... But that's, you were, that's fair to the promotion, too. Yeah, it is. It is. As soon as you say you're injured, 
then the contract is extended. If you say, yeah, and, and, and the reason people say, well, that's not fair. No, it's fair because it works both ways. <clears throat> You'll get some fighters that will sit there and say, okay, I'll take the fight, knowing that they have one fight left. Yeah. And then as the fight gets, so I'm injured. Yeah. And then it would leave the promotion hanging where yeah. all that, that person just actually worked their way out of their contract. So that's why it extends. Yeah. All right. So look, we put together a list of um, best a fight that has the best round. I don't even know how to say it. I was going to say All best right. rounds, but it's not best, best rounds. Best rounds in MMA history. The best rounds in MMA history, but there it's you go. the best round, actually. Like, whatever you think is the best round. Not the, it's not rounds. It's one round in whatever. One round. Yeah. One round per fight. Yeah, it's kind of a tongue twister to say that. Uh, so, so <laughs> I, so I, yeah, I was trying to say, like, best round that you have, we've seen. And I know we're going to agree on one because we've talked about this fight before. But we're going to play a little guessing game. You're saying you wanted me to guess. You're going to start calling. I don't know how you're going to do this. I'm just going to guess, and hopefully I get it right. Give me what you're, <laughs> tell, me what, tell me what you're thinking. So are we saying, what, top five? Yeah, I mean, I only came up with uh, four. But, I mean, top well, that's five. that's not top five. I know. Top. I'll, I'll, here, I'll give you one, then. Okay, you give me one. Because it <laughs> no. sounds like you have plenty on your plate. I got plenty. <laughs> Come on, man. It's just a matter of thinking. It takes me, like, two minutes to think, oh, this is the best one. This one's the best. There, my here's my my qualifying factor. What a guy! No, it takes like two going, minutes to think. God, you have like <laughs> ten thousand fights to go through, and in your mind, yeah, it's like it's just like a Rolodex. Remember, yeah, come on, you remember one's... the ones you go boom. Because yeah. I'm going to qualify it this way. I'm going to say that I'm not going to use fights that went more than one round. Oh wow! That's so cool. there were fights like Leonard Garcia fought the Korean Zombie in yeah. the WEC. See, that was one of mine. Uh, oh, incredible. In the yes. second round. That was, was that was one of mine. Boom. I yep. mean, just fireworks. They were just killing each other. But the fight went on, and it mm -hmm. had other good rounds. And so Robbie Lawler and Carlos Condit, when they fought the fifth round of that fight, mm -hmm. you talk about just guts and balls and guys going for it. It was just phenomenal. But I'm going to say, I'm going to go with, it had to be just the one round. Okay. All right. So the and this is not my number one. This is the first one I'm going to talk about. Am I guessing right. or are you just talking You're about guessing. it? Okay. So I'm going to give you one one word clue. If you need more, you okay. tell. Okay. Pride. Oh, there were so many of them in pride. No, there wasn't. There was lots no, of don't, don't one round. More one, than round. one round. One round. Well, gonna... it could be a, it's a 10 minute round also for most of them. Yeah, you're right. You are right about that. I Here's yeah. the thing is. I don't even recall if this fight went the one round. I just know it was like the one of the best fights and funniest. Um, I'm gonna go with the Don Fry one. Don Fry who? Don Fry, Don Fry with uh, come on, what's his name? Takiyama. Yeah, is it Takiyama? Yes, okay. that was absolutely the probably 2002 by, uh, June of 2000. I think it was Pride 21 or something. Yep, one of the most action-packed, hilarious, hilarious, stupidest. But entertaining. And, and when I say stupid, oh, incredibly entertaining. But just, okay, we're going to sit here and we're going to do a single collar tie. Ugh. And use our other Amazing. hand to bash your head. And they both just look like jackhammers. It was awesome. It was amazing. Come on, you have to love that one. I, I just remember we were I was sitting in the living room filled with a bunch of guys from um like para jumpers, like people from the Air Force, the pararescue guys. 
and they were just they couldn't sit down the whole time. They, we went all from sitting down like <laughs> sitting down like on the on the floor, just kind of drinking beer, everyone hanging out. And all of a sudden, everyone was on their feet. Beer was spilling. People were yelling. It was it was insane just to think. Of, I was like, what are these guys doing? This is nuts. It was, no, it was nuts, crazy, but it was fun. Crazy, crazy fight. It was one of the best fights, I think. Not technically, like, oh, no, but that, it was such a good fight. It was, if you're looking and saying, is that a smart way of fighting? No, Absolutely. it wasn't smart, but man, they both said, oh, no, I'm not going to let you, you're not going to get the best of me in this situation. I'm going to show you that I can outlast you. And they just pummeled each other. Not a lot of these fights that we're talking about today are be the smartest ways guys should fight. No, <laughs> That's not, no, 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 no. Not at all. All right. Um, the one that I I know that we're gonna probably agree on. I'll get that one out of here now. Strike Force. Oh come say on. That's, that's the that's got to be the number one in my opinion. Really? You think that's the number one? I, I think it was pretty damn close. It it's got it. You know, it, and and there when I talk about like the Leonard Garcia Korean Zombie, yeah. that was an incredible round. Yeah. But it just doesn't go into the into that one round thing. But if you're looking at a one round fight, Paul Daly against. Nick Diaz. Nick yep. Diaz has two that were incredible. And again, it wasn't a one round, so I didn't use his fight against Gomi. Mm -hmm. But I it was incredible. Did. It was incredible when Gomi is winning the fight but knows I can't go any farther. I'm in trouble because he had Nick all cut up. Yeah. And he's trying to get the referee to stop the fight, right? Oh, look at how bad he yeah. looks. And Nick just keeps coming after him. That was an incredible fight. But the fight between... Nick Diaz and Paul Daly. I was lucky enough. I got to referee that thing. You have no idea the amount of damage those guys inflicted upon each other in that short amount of time. And it was, you know, not only the volume that Diaz put out and the power that Daly put out. Daly hurt Diaz bad. Yeah. Most, you know, how many people have you seen hurt Nick? No, no. You know, he dropped Nick, and Nick was in trouble. Now, Nick's doing this movement on the ground and everything, and he gets himself back out of that, and he starts the thing that changed the fight. He starts going to the body. Yeah. Nick Diaz had a body attack, and he just ate up Paul Daly's body to the point where, we, you know, being the guy that's, you know, close, I hear all of the air go out of Paul on a body shot. Mm. And this is what says everything you need to know about Paul Daly. Most guys get hurt with a body shot. You're going to see they start to retreat, start to back off. Yeah. They start to move out to try to get that air. Paul Daly just grunts down and sets his feet and starts swinging. And I go, you are absolutely a fucking savage. You yes, are nuts. Because, man, I would be getting out of there trying to get air. And he just sets his feet and starts swinging back. And that fight, it went almost, you know, almost the five minutes. But yeah. one of the greatest round overall with everything that happened, both guys being hurt. Incredible, incredible fight. Yes, that was the very, was that the very first fight that yes. UFC owned? Strike they owned Strikeforce. Yeah, because yep. Dana and, and Lorenzo were sitting uh, cage side for that. I remember with Strikeforce shirts yeah. on. Yes, with Strikeforce shirts. At least Dana shirt. was. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, yeah, that to me was probably hands down one of the most exciting fights, uh, even though it only went one round. Um, I'm going to be a little bit of a of a homer. I'm going to talk about myself. I thought my second round with Gil, the fight that I lost, I thought that's the only round that people talk to me about. Second of round of your second fight. Yeah, second round of my See? second fight. Another one that I was, I, lo I loved the, the round. Yeah. It, it was incredible, but that fight went five rounds. It did, it did. And 
but almost all I think in that in that fight I was I was out to prove that I could break Gil because I felt like in the first fight I did because it, it, it was I think the first fight was like 50 40 40 I don't know what the scores were but it was it was a couple 10 eight 50, rounds it was 50 I think it was 50 45 on two and and 49 46 on one. Oh, gotcha okay so like it, it was I was like I oh I can I was like I can beat him I can break him and do it again do it again because it had been you know I, I'd been I hadn't fought since that fight that was my first fight back was fighting him again and I was like, oh, I can break him. And I figured he'd slow down like he did in the first fight. He came 100% prepared in that fight. And I was like, in the fourth round, I'm like, dude, you're, he's, not, he's not fading. And I knew I was in trouble. There was a moment there where he had kicked me in the groin or need me in the groin, something like that. And I needed a, a second to get my, get my balls back. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I look over and he's over in the corner. He's over in his corner, uh, not in his corner, but off to the side. Yeah. He's, he's off in the neutral corner on a knee. He's on a knee and he's taking deep yeah. breaths and relaxing. I said, this kid's too focused right now. I said, fuck. So when I came back after the round, after fourth round, Bob's like, he's like, you need to knock him out. Go out there and knock him out. If you don't knock him out, you lose your title. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. So I went back and um, tried to knock him out in the beginning of the fifth too. But then I gassed, like I gassed myself out, like I think with two and a half minutes left in the fifth. And we were just like kind of standing in front of each other, kind of Anyways, but I felt like the second round was one of those rounds. It was rounds. outstanding. It was one of those rounds. Everyone just, every time I talked to someone, dude, your second fight was Gil. That second round was insane. And da da da, da. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I, thought, I thought for sure I'd be able to break him. It didn't happen. It's just one of those, one of those fights, man. I, just, I wanted to go out there and prove that I was the best at the time and just couldn't get it done, man. Sucked. Sucked. But it was, I do, I do look at that fight, though, and I think about, I think about of all the fights that I'm most like one of the almost all the fights that I'm proud of, like the Hermes Franca fight for sure, because in the third round I got dropped and came back and still was able to get up and finish the fight strong. But I had won the first two rounds. But then that fight with Gil was to me was the fight that just like you can't ever say you didn't lay it, leave it all out there. You know, and I look yeah. at the, I look at the Tony Ferguson fight also like that. I, there was never a moment in my in, in that fight that I was like, oh, man. Just, just tap, give up, and and there was moments I could have <laughs> just oh, been yeah. like fucking been done, you know. So it just was never a moment. I, I think I look at fights like that for me, and when I when I'm now that I'm done fighting, I go, I'm, I'm more proud of myself, you know. And I think as fighters, you look for those kind of things. You're like, okay, hey, where in my career am I happy with what I did, and where in my career am I disappointed in myself? And uh, I don't know. I think athletes look at themselves like that. Man, I was this. I was so good, and then I did this, and I was so good, and so that was to me that was uh, one of those rounds. That was that was a round I look back and even though I lost that that fight and that and probably lost that round. Um it was still a fucking fun fight. One of those fun fights. Not a smart fight, yeah. but a fun fight. <laughs> <laughs> it might it might be true. You know, it's funny because as as referees we talk and and we'll have fights that man that that one's special. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that Josh Rosenthal did that fight. Yeah. And he he came out of the cage and he goes, "God damn, he goes, I'll never forget that fight ever." That's all. Awesome. And it was it was that good. It was a great fight. That makes me feel happy. You know, like I don't hear those type of things. So, but yeah. I, like I said, I, it, as I'm now that I'm retired, even back then, I it never was really sure. Of course, everyone wants to win, but it's not always about winning and losing. It's about like how you are as an athlete. If you feel if you feel happy with how you performed, I wasn't That's happy with my thing. mindset of like just do it this way. And I was stubborn. I wasn't listening to my corners at all. They were trying to tell me, you know, but I didn't. But I still fought however I wanted to fight. It made me feel good about it at the end. I was like, hey, it was one of those fights, man. You left it all out there. There's no doubt that's about all. that. That's, that's what, so. If you can say, I gave it everything I had. Yep. I, I threw everything I could at him, and he just was the better guy that night. 
There's nothing to nothing to be ashamed of. You did your best. It's all you can all all anyone can ask for. Yep. So um you we talked about it in a second, but my la like my last fight, because I only had four. My last fight, I threw the wrench in there with mine because I'm a little bit of a homer. Um but the, my last one was the Diaz and Gomi fight because I was in that arena that night and fuck yeah. was it crazy. It was that insane. Was. It, was a great fight. it was yeah. just one of those fights where, and Gomi, you could tell was the smaller guy, but he had the power and he was, he was having his, he was having his way in the beginning of the fight. And then he just gassed out and all the rumors that were circulating and speculations that Gomi was out partying that whole week was at the club until like two in the morning hanging out because he had never been to Vegas before. And so he was out hanging out and, he was at the clubs and and it ever and then it all just kind of came down to that fight and how it all happened. I don't know if any of that's true, but I just remember and even like to this day, people still talk about like yeah, he was out partying like that whole week and then came in and still had a great performance, but then just gassed. He just gassed. He, he was begging the referee to stop that fight, man. And Nick is not the guy, nor is Nate, to be trying to gas out on. No, that was, I think that was, it wasn't the first Go-Go Plata, but I think it was the first Go-Go Plata in a big fight that people saw. And, you know, Nick locked on that Go-Go Plata and I was there too. And it was like, oh, it's over. You know, he's got him. You know, and, and at the time, God, I wanted Nick to win. Yeah. I wanted Nick to win so bad in that fight. You know, and it was like, and it, sometimes Japanese do sometimes things. It's like, Gomi was known as the fireball kid. Yep. That was his nickname, you know, and then. Japanese guys not only will change their nickname, they'll actually change their name. Like Cal Uno changed his, and, and uh, but he changed it to Little Rascal, uh. <laughs> and, and that was the thing. I go, I can't have a guy named Little Rascal, dude. Uh. You change your name to that, man. You don't deserve to win. I want Nick. That sucks. Uh, but that was a great fight. That, it, was. it was a great fight. What are the ones you have? Because that's all four of mine. We talked about the Don Fry was one of mine. So you pretty we're on the same page. I knew we'd kind of be on the same page. Yeah, we got a lot of the same. What's, what's another one? All right, let's see. Uh, UFC 157. Okay. No idea. It was the first. First round? Of course. I said all mine I'm going to oh, end okay. up saying. Or, but it was the first. Oh, man. I don't even know. First round. I think it means like first, it was the first time. No, he said. Yeah, help, help him out there, Dave, man. The guy needs, you know, all the help he can he's, get. He's telling you it was like a, it was a first time something happened. It was the first. Oh, first I didn't time say it was first happened. round. Oh, I think yeah. he said first round. First time something happened. You need some of this blackout coffee. It'll start yeah, making yeah. Those brain, <laughs> that brain wave work, man. I have some. A little right blackout here. coffee. It'll do you good. I got it right here in my Yeti, though. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Um, so I don't know. I, I, it was a first. First. In, in fact, it was it was a first UFC fight for both fighters. UFC. One, it was a championship fight. How could it be a first fight for both of them? Uh, both Jesus, of these championship If you would fight? understand the history of MMA, no. you would help yourself so much. I want you to understand. Ronda Rousey. I have been Liz hit Carmouche. a lot. I have been hit a lot. <laughs> you have to give me some slack, okay? I'm giving you slack. I gave you so much information. I was like, how is it a first fight for both of them? And it's a championship fight. Come on. That's crazy. This comes All right, good. Yeah, right, and the reason, well, the why, reason why, why is that? Why is that? Okay, because think of the pressure on both of those ladies. All right, not only is it the first female fight in yeah. the UFC, mm -hmm. not only is it a championship fight, main event 
fight. First time females being the main event. And they came out and both of them had moments where they looked great, were in trouble. Both of them had those times. Liz came out. She face cranked Ronda to the point. And and people don't realize Ronda was close, close. She started to panic, I'm telling you. You could see, I could see it in her. She started, all of a sudden it was getting too much. You saw her hands, and it was like, oh, she's starting to, she's starting to panic. And it was, you know, Liz is a strong girl and was just crushing that face. And you could see all of a sudden Rhonda relaxed herself, calmed down, gets her off, and ends up with her textbook armbar finish, yeah. winning the championship. I just look at it and go, man, with everything that was in place for that fight and the way they both performed it's got to be it in my opinion it's one of the one of those great one round fights i had to put yeah the ladies, in. No, ladies have too many good fights i'm not disagreeing with you i'm not disagreeing with you at all um i could see that i could see that the reason why i could see it because of all the all the things that you had said the moment itself Everything. Oh man, I can't. I mean, like, sure, I've been in some tough moments, but that to me, I think for women's MMA, being finally being in the UFC and crowning the first champion, yeah, yep. yeah, I, I, yeah, you, when you look at it that way, abs- yeah, that's absolutely. It's it's the entirety of everything, and then also the positions that Ronda was in. The I, I would imagine. Excuse me. I would imagine the. The feeling that Liz had, like, oh, I'm gonna win this, I'm gonna win oh, this by yeah. submission, and she just, and she wasn't able to get it. Oh man, yeah, I can imagine like the up, the emotional up, and then the emotional down for for both of them. I mean, like one thinking she was gonna get submitted, the other one thinking she won that she was gonna be the first champion. Oh, yep, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good fight. I never, I would never would have put that one in there. But uh, like you, you are right though. Matter of putting it in there because of the moment and the just the severity of the moment. I mean, like how important that moment was in just MMA history itself. Yeah, yeah, yep. I would agree. I mean, um, I mean, you could, I guess, you could say the, you could also say because the main event for Gina and Cyborg as well with all that. But I mean, that was great. It was, it was tough. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at. When you got if I if you take both of those, they both were finishes in the first round. It was just that Gina never had a moment where she was close to winning that fight. She had yeah. moments where she got mount on Cyborg at one yeah. point, but there was never that point you go Cyborg's in trouble. And in that one, you could say Rousey was in trouble at a certain point, and yeah. Liz obviously was in trouble with the armbar. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I looked more for the fights that had like the entire fight was good, and then I knew there was a round in there that was just like, oh shit. Yeah, that these were rounds, you know. Yeah. There, um, if you want to take a look at a series of fights, and there's you want to go with the first round of the first ever, Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez, yes. Bellator. I was there at that fight. God dang it, that was a round. Yeah. Man, it was good. And Eddie came back from being really hurt yep. and hurt Chandler at the end of that and just started turning it and then it came back, you know, late in the later rounds. But that first round, it would that's that's on my honorable mention list. Yep. And that one and then the uh that same fight, but in the fourth round. Was it the fourth yep. round? Was it the fourth, fourth round. round? Who wins yeah. that fight? In the fourth round he loses or a fifth round? Chandler Eddie, wins in the fourth. Chandler wins in the fourth. In the third round, though. 
at the end of that Eddie round, Eddie had him in trouble. Eddie had him in a ton of trouble. Yep. There was moments there where I thought Chandler was going to start tapping the air. Like he yeah. just like started, he looked lost in a lot of that. And then he comes out and had a great start to the fourth round and gets him getting, get, he even had a better finish. Did he drop him or did he take <laughs> yeah, him down? He dropped, he dropped him again, jumped to and his, and then jumped to his back, yeah, gets to the back and taps him out with a rear naked. Yeah. That I was there at that event. It was at the Hollywood, uh, hard in rock Florida, in, Seminole. Yeah, ha was it Seminole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was the the Hard Rock Hollywood, show, right? Florida. The hard, the, yeah, Hard Rock Seminole. Okay, yeah, we were there. Yeah, Trevor Prangley fought, uh, uh, oh god, Hector Lombard on the main event that night. That's not a, no, 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 co-main event, co-main <laughs> event. Sorry, they were co-main. Yeah. yeah, they fought, they fought there that night. Yeah, wasn't a oof. shit. Hector was a beast. He was. I mean, we just Trevor should have just kept wrestling him because he was able to get him down pretty easily, and I think that would have potentially won the fight. Anyways, I can go on about that, but it was it was it was good. Hector was a savage, like during that time, during that moment, he was unstoppable at the time. Um, yep. What other? I would have thought we would have had like more. I thought there was a good round uh, with. I got another one. Give me another one. All right, UFC. I believe it was on Versus that back when they just started the whole Fox thing, and I think it was on Versus. Heavyweights. Oh, those aren't very, really very good. Oh man, see, it must have been a cane fight. Because <laughs> <laughs> back then the UFC didn't have very good heavyweights. Like right when they got on Fox, it was when they had all the Strike Force guys came over. Yeah, I mean, two kickboxers. These kickboxing backgrounds. One from France. One from now. Well, one from Louisiana. Now he's from Denver. Pat Barry versus Chet Congo. Oh, One yes. of the greatest comebacks ever. Pat yes. Barry has got Chet flopping all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And he gets touched and goes out. Just crazy. That was a great round. That was a great round. It was. That was a great round. See, it's not fair. I, I never really like. What do you mean not fair? It's not fair that like, you got to be in the cage with a lot of these fights you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the back probably like still recovering from head trauma. <laughs> this guy. Oh, uh, no. I, yeah, that was, that was one of those up and down rounds just where you're like, oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, shit. He's coming man. back. Oh, no. Yeah. Pat, you thought Pat Berry had that fight in hand, man. He hurt Chuck. Chuck was just all over the place. Dan Mergulotta was the referee. He did a great job in letting that thing go, let it play out. And most guys would have, you know, said, oh, you know, you could, you should have stopped it. And he proved that that eh, made the right choice. Congo hits him with that one shot and Barry was unconscious. That was a great round. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit off topic, but it's still on topic. I'm going to go a little bit out of our sport. Corrales Castillo. Rounds. Oh, round, I'm sorry, man. That's 10. Round 10. Round 10. Round, round 10. Was it round yeah. 10 and then he finished him in round 11? Round 10. Yep. Just yep. a fucking. I know it was a great fight. The whole fight was good, but that round 10 and then round, like, just, I'm I'm sorry, but to me, that's the, the greatest fight I've ever seen in my whole life. Greatest oh, fight. That's, Get, that's a great yeah. one. But Mickey Ward and you take a look at. The fight that Mickey Ward and, and Arturo Gotti had. had, yeah. Holy shit, the round nine. And here's a, here's a little known fact. Okay, right. most people don't know this, and I'm I'm trying to remember. Um, oh god, I'm looking at his face. The uh, 
the referee for it. Just common for you o- to look older at guys' faces in your brain. Nah, man, I can <laughs> see because he had, he had he had a hairpiece, man. It was always like get rid of the fucking hairpiece, dude. But uh, Frank something or other, whatever. Okay. But in that round, you know, Ward hit freaking Gotti with shots to the body, that puts him on, puts him down, puts him on his knees, and everyone's thinking it's gonna stop him. And they let the fight go on, and then. Gotti comes back and he fucking hurts Ward and then and then Ward gets he's to the point of getting being done and then he comes back and at the end of that round the ringside physician I'm not going to say his name but he comes up and he tells the referee to stop the fight he goes you need to stop this fight and the referee told him get the fuck away from me I ain't wow. stopping nothing and he let that fight go on and that's why sometimes. Most of the time, we're going to take a ringside physician's advice. And there's times when they want to protect people from doing what is honestly their job. Their job is to damage the other guy, and they are still fighting, and you got to let them go. And sometimes you get those, and uh, that was one of those fights, and that was just an incredible round. Round nine, all the rounds in that fight were good, but round nine was just spectacular. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I do agree. All rounds, almost in that, and and they had a trilogy, correct? Three fights. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So in their trilogy, almost all, all, all the all the rounds were good. The whole fight, all three fights were good. Um, but I'm gonna lean, still gonna lean towards Diego Corrales because I just that I that was one of the most inspirational moments I think I'd ever seen, and just also too how it all came about where he got also dropped. Smart. Exactly what I was just about to say. Extremely smart for someone who had just been dropped. And dropped again, and he just kept yep. pulling his mouthpiece out and throwing it on the floor. Brilliant! <laughs> Spit it out. Brilliant! Yep. I okay, just... but now here's the controversy. That who was the referee? No idea. Ah, oh, see, oh. Tony Weeks. That's your job, Tony <laughs> Weeks. Okay, and Tony took crap for doing the right thing. There were people saying that he should have disqualified Get the, you can't, Diego. Nah, you can't do exactly, that. okay? And this Come is where on. people lose their minds. You want a referee to take a guy out of a fight that he's been in this thing. Yeah, he's losing right now, and he's doing things that are illegal, and Tony takes points from him for yeah. doing them. Yeah. And then when, when Corrales comes back and beats Castillo <laughs> next round, everyone's like, well, he cheated. He didn't mm. cheat. He... Did something that was illegal. He was fined for it. He was punished for it. And he used that time that he got from take, getting those points taken. He used that time to collect himself, get him back, and win that fight. Who was Diego's corner? Uh, oh, man. Something Goosen, right? What, no, it, it wasn't uh, uh, Dan Goosen. I don't can't remember. Well, Dan or Joe? Joe Goosen. I'm sorry. So it was something. Yeah, anyways, Dan, Dan, Dan's the promoter. Joe's the uh, corner guy. <clears throat> okay, so he, I believe he was cornering Diego, and he comes over and he tells him, he's like, he's like, you need to fucking put him away. You need to finish him. He's like, We're Joe has around. said that to a lot of guys. I think, but it was <laughs> it was brilliant. He put his mouthpiece in. Yeah. He's like, ain't fucking around no more. And I was yep. Is one of those moments I've had cavalier moments like that with my with my corners. Like I said with the Gilbert fight in round five. He's like, I ain't got nothing to tell you. You gotta knock him out. That's it. What? There's nothing else to talk about. You need to have someone that is gonna yeah. give you that straight out 
this is the truth. You yep. need to, you want, you want this thing. This is what you got to do. Yeah. If you have a corner that is sugarcoating it for you, like, oh, I think it's close. No, it's not oh, close. God. In your Horror. mind, Don't you know, that. like, yeah, you know whether the fight's close or not. Like I knew going into the fifth round, I probably had only won one round with Gil in the second fight. I was like, fuck. You know, it was one of those scenarios. And so you have a corner that just straight up like Bob has always laid it to me straight. Javier sometimes will take the the PC route every once in a while, you know, like, yeah, you know, it was close, but I think you want it. But don't, you know, let's not play that way. He'll tell me. Nope. He'll tell me, let's not play it that way. Let's try and get this win, try and get this round one and move on, you know? Bob's like, no, you fucking lost. <laughs> He's like, no, you lost that round. Or he'll tell me yeah. it was too close to call. He's like, so I'm going to let you know you probably lost it. And I was like, all right. So I, mean, I like that that straight up conversation with my corners. There's no reason for bullshit when you're in there. There's no reason for you to PC it around. And uh, when his co when his coach did that to him in the corner, right before, when he put his mouthpiece back in, I was like, oh shit. Like that's when you know it's real. When you, you have a corner that you trust, you probably love him because they've been with you for so long. You know, like you, they're like family to you and they're telling you exactly like, Hey, you need to get your shit together and get there, get out there and get the knockout. That lets you know that they're very firm on it, which means you should be firm on it. Sometimes you'll get the PC like, nah, it's okay. You'll, you'll be fine. Just shake it off. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no, man. I need to know. Am I, I need to fucking knock him out. Yes, you need to knock him out. Okay. So good stuff, man. Uh, you have any other ones? That's no, that, that was that was my list right there. That was that was it. Yeah, good thing, because I only had those four. I had four to talk about, and one of them was me, so I kind of cheated a little bit. But uh, yeah. Um Let's talk about something else to me. I know there's not a whole lot to talk about, you guys. So, I, like, realistically, though, but we ha I had this conversation with when I was on uh, Joe Rogan. And if you guys haven't seen that episode, go out and check it out. Um, oh, I did have another one. Okay. Forgot what, what, it. Let's hear it. Another heavyweight one. See, see, you keep on saying things about heavyweights, but Cain Velasquez had some incredible. No, Cain Velasquez. Oh, then it's ne not, negative. Probably, can, probably wasn't that good then. Negative. <laughs> UFC that? again, one eighty-seven, I believe. No idea, man. You're spitting out numbers, and I'm like still trying to add one plus one. All right, I'm just giving it to you there. <laughs> give me, give, give me. Andre names. Arlovsky. Okay. Fights Travis Brown. And in okay. that fight, Andre hurts Travis and has him on. He's in trouble, and Travis is coming back and trying to fight. And then he cracks Andre and drops Andre down and then drops on top of him trying to finish him. They get back up, and then Andre hurts Travis again. It was a phenomenal round. Yeah. Unbelievable where both guys were hurt. Travis showed so much heart, so much determination to not lose, to not quit. And eventually the fight was stopped with Travis really hurt, still standing against the cage, but he was absolutely in trouble, but it was a phenomenal round. Go back and watch it. It was fun. Yeah, I think I was in Hawaii for that fight. No, no, no. I was in Hawaii for the for the Travis Brown Verdum fight, I think it was. What's the fight where he was jumping around like he was fucking Dominic Cruz and then tore his, his knee or something, right? Travis Brown did that? I remember people making fun of him. He was like switching his stance, bouncing around a lot, and then he tore his knee out. And fucking people were like, "What? You're a heavyweight trying to move like fucking Dominic Cruz? What are you doing?" I can't remember <laughs> what fight it was. Anyways, I remember like he caught a lot of flack for that. Um. <clears throat> so okay, so the the one last thing, the the one the one other thing I want to talk to you about was I had talked with Joe about fighters having a hard time leaving the sport. 
because yeah. I basically announced my retirement like a couple of days after I went on the Rogan show. And I just was, we have had this conversation with, with you and I, we've talked about this a lot. Fighters have a hard time leaving the sport. And sometimes when they leave, they get depressed, they get down on themselves, but they need to find something else for them to do. Now it can still be involved in the sport. I just, I saw a post and I'm a huge fan. I always enjoyed watching his fights with John Wayne Parr and he just signed a deal with one FC I know. and I'm just, I, I just, I get a little nervous because I, I can't, I don't know how old he is, but I mean, he's got to be 44, 40, somewhere in his mid forties. But the bottom line is <clears throat> if you guys go onto his Instagram page, he had written like a, a heartfelt um, post about uh, his wife had said something about him, her coming home one day. And she just was worried and concerned that she would, f you know, find him you know, lifeless, you know, because fighting is who he is. But I just I, I keep going back to this. And I know it's kind of probably kind of a weird time to bring this up because everyone's sitting at home right now by themselves. <laughs> it's um, but I feel like <clears throat> you you've said this is that. Fighters identify as being a fighter, but you need to get out of that. You need to, if you want to move on with your life, I'm not saying you can't be involved in the sport. You can't still, you can still coach. You can still corner. You can, I just don't want to see anything happen to any fighter, especially as they start getting older, because these young guys don't care. All, all they look at you is like a, a name, you know, a feather in their cap. You're a pelt. Yeah. And you're just, you're another notch on their, on their uh, bed frame. That's really what it is or their belt or whatever it is you want to say. I just, I, I'm sure one will take care of him, you know, and give him. I don't know if they're going to give him easy I fights, don't though. Think so, but I think they'll give him a couple fights, you know, to kind of, you know, keep his pockets lined. But I, there's got to be something I think in return. He's probably either teaching over there at Evolve or whatever it is. Look, I just feel you got to get out as an athlete, whether it's MMA, uh, not MMA, whether it's uh, MMA or football kickboxing. or basketball or kickboxing or uh, you know, he's done boxing matches as well. You got to last get fight was a boxing match. Yeah, you got you gotta you gotta find. I've said your your new life's gonna cost you your old one is what I, I've continued to say. Like I've had to let go of the fighting part of it, and if you really want to make an opportunity and chance for you to move on in your life, period, you need to leave it all behind for a split second. You can get really good at something else in a year. I mean, I had only been training like six months, and I had a, my first fight. Then I trained another six months, had not even six months, like another three months, had another fight. Like you just fighters, it's an addiction, but we can get good at anything oh, look we at want. What you just said, yeah. thank you very much. How yes. many times we have argued about that, you and I, and you know, people don't realize how much we talk about stuff. And I had said, Hey, look, fighting's an addiction. And you got upset with me yeah. for saying that it was an addiction because that bothered you. Yeah. Because it, it's like you, that means you're not in control. That means you can't control it. And it, and some guys can. You know, a lot of people can drink. Some people can't. Some people can actually take recreational drugs. Yeah. And other people can't. Yeah. And fighting is no different. It's an addiction for some guys. They need it. If they don't have it, they don't have a purpose in life, at least in their head. And I, John is one of those guys, and I love John. He is such a good person. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can go. He's he's had fights, and we've talked about those where you know he looked like he came out of a knife fight. He had so many scars going up in one of his Muay Thai fights. Yeah. I referred but, to him as the the hockey goalie from like the '40s or something like that before they oh, wore yeah. masks. 
Yeah. Know? I mean, look like you got hit in the, with a, but this is a guy that, you know, he's got kickboxing wise. I believe he's at 99 wins mm-hmm. right now. And at 99 wins, yeah, I think, you know, that, that number 100, you know, like I said, his last fight was against a hometown hero in Australia, Anthony Mundine, who is, you know, He's past his prime in boxing also, but they had a boxing match. John Wayne Parr won that sucker. Mm. And, you know, I thought, okay, he's going to walk out. He said, this is it. I'm done. And I thought it was great that he got that win, you know, especially in the sport. You know, he, he had a good boxing record also. Mm. But I think he wants that 100. Hopefully that's what he's really going for, and he's not going to just continue on. There's too many guys in the kickboxing world and some of them are fighting for one. So then they, they cross over both ways in kickboxing mm-hmm. and MMA. Yeah. And most of them are young guys. Most of them are really good. Now, that doesn't mean that John doesn't have the experience and the savvy to stay with them for portions of the fight. Yeah. But, man, speed is hard to deal with when you're getting older. And it's the one element that I always look at, and it's just not a good element right now for john is that he has slowed down you can see that he's slowed down because he's just an older guy mm-hmm. but he's got a ton of experience and i hope you know if he if he ends up doing this gets his one fight gets a win and he's able to walk away he's got a daughter that fights i believe his son fights now or is coming up into the fight world you know i know his daughter is and she's doing muay thai fights you know over in thailand hey everybody wants your knowledge everybody wants yeah. To learn something from you you can be part of this sport and it's like you're saying you have to give up your old life to start your new one and that doesn't mean you have to change everything about your life it doesn't mean you have to get rid of the fighting but like you're saying you gotta you gotta say okay if i continue to jump back into this old life i can't start this new one no so it's never gonna happen you've got to make the jump and, and it is, it's the jump. And I tell people all the time, hey, man, if that's what, if that's what excites you, jump, go do it. Yes, you could fall. You could be like Podcast Dave off the back of a couch. <laughs> you could definitely fall. Yeah. But you're never going to find out if you don't try to make that change. You've got to make that change. And, and hopefully John gets his one win and then makes that change to where, his, you know, his thing is about helping others become great. Well, then he needs to help his daughter and his son. I mean, I am not saying he's not. Yeah. I'm just simply saying, like, dedicate as much time as you do to training yourself into training them. And I, I've said this for years that fighting is a very selfish sport. But when you have kids or when you have people that you're invested in that are relying on you, you need to stop. You need to put your fighting aside and invest all your time into them if that's what you want to do. If you're into helping other people, it's hard to do it when you're still kind of focused on yourself. Like I said, that's yeah. that same thing where, hey, you're, you're, you're yeah, your your old life is going to cost you or your new life is going to cost mm. your old one. That doesn't mean you have to leave the sport. I'm still no. involved in the sport quite a bit. I just don't go to AKA and spar all the time. I don't go to AKA and wrestle and, and, and grapple all the time. I still go by there and I'll do a couple rounds. I'll still go by there and just shake hands and see the guys train, give a little bit of advice. I feel that... <clears throat> You got to make a photo. Fo- you, you have to make a plan to like, hey, I'm going to do it this way no matter what, you know, because the other thing is, is once you get away from it a little bit, 
it's hard to get back into it. Like almost anything, you know, it's like once you're out of it for a while, it's like, okay, look, I can't get back in there. You know, it's <laughs> like I walk past the cage now and I hear these guys hitting each other. I'm like, Ooh, that doesn't even sound fun. It just is no, no thanks. I'll pass, you know? Um, but I still love talking about the sport. I still love being around the sport. I still love being around all the fighters and the athletes. I love all that. And he won't yep. miss that as long as he's training his guys and his daughter or whatever to come back up in the sport. You'll still be around all of the things that you've dedicated your life to. I just hate to see, I hate to see like when someone puts a heartfelt post out there like that, like, you know, he was talking about his wife. That drives me crazy because when I, I went on Brennan's show, uh, Big Brown Breakdown a while back, and he said that he did a, a call-in with uh, Evander Holyfield. And he's like, I thought I was talking to him underwater. He's like, he just there's no conversation. He's like, he just could be like mumbling. And like he's like, it's just one of those, it's just one of those, you don't want to get to that level. Now you're not even, you're not really even helpful to your family. And it's kind of, it's upsetting because once you have kids and they want to have goals and they have they have aspirations as well to get to, you're part of that. And so I'd like to, I, I just, I feel like he at that level at 99 fights, whatever it is, he's got it all. He's done it all. He's got it all. Like help others achieve their goals and push what your goals were aside. Make your goal now them, if that's what you want it to be. Cause he, he's obviously having a hard time leaving fighting, you know, but yeah. I just don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I know everyone's different, but you are, you are correct. It is an addiction. I think <clears throat> fighters are addicted to it. That's why they're so good at it. You know, but it could be anything. We could have probably been good at a lot of other things. We just found something that we Absolutely. knew this was a little bit easier of a path for us to be good at. And we became yeah. addicted to that. And we just nonstop were gym rats. And that's why we became so good. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very addictive. I think all athletes, whether it's Kobe Bryant, whether it, it doesn't even guys. have to be athletes. Look at, you know, looking at stupid here. You know, when, <laughs> when, when, when I got the chance to work with you and work with Bellator, you know, I went. I didn't say I retired from refereeing. Mm -hmm. I just said I'm going to be doing this, you know. And people are like, you know, I got a ton of offers, and I still get offers with quite a sizable amount of money to go do fights in other countries. And it's like I had to give that life up. Yeah, I, that's if if I start to concentrate on that, then I'm not going to be doing the best yeah. job I can do together. That's that's that point where you got to give up your old life to start your new one. Doesn't mean you have to give up what you know how to do things, to talk about it, all of that. You don't have to give that up. But to be that person, you, you can't be you can't be halfway in, halfway out. You got to yeah. go the full thing. You guys at home need to understand, like when we go to fights and we're at the events, like all the refs that work these events and these judges, and they're, they're constantly bugging the shit out of John, okay? <laughs> and just, what do you think about this guy? You know, how should I watch this fight? What's your take? I've never seen this guy. Is he any good? You know, like, and then even after the fight, how'd you judge that fight? How'd you do this? How, they're constantly on you and they're constantly picking your brain. But like you're, you're, like you said, you're not in that anymore, but you're still in it. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're helping them, giving them pointers, talking to them about, you know, different scenarios and what could possibly happen and, and how they could have handled it a little bit different or how they handled it was perfect. I've heard you say that a lot. Like you handle it exactly the way you're supposed to. You've had high praises about all the guys that I know that you're, you're close to. And, uh, you know, you've, you've had some negative praises about them as well, but you've, you're mainly on the high level, but you're mainly on the high level. I know we talk about the bad because, that's normally what everybody else is talking about. Like, you know, fans want to hear fans want to hear like, Hey, how come that guy stopped the fight so fucking soon? I mean, we, we got you, you know, you got a little flack for not, you didn't get a flack, but the ref got flack. What was his name? 
something McDonald, Jason McDonald, Kevin, Kevin McDonald, you know, and uh, he was mad at you for something or whatever, because you called him out on That's it, but okay. whatever, it's okay. But I mean, like it could have been handled a little bit differently. I think the fans knew that and you came out and said it, but it's, that's the game. That's, I mean, like refs are going to be, they're human. They're up and down like judges, you know, and fighters are the same way. So yeah, uh, I just want to see him. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he'll get the hundred win and he'll maybe. move on. Maybe that's yeah. all I can hope for. I mean, I, I I definitely like him as a person. He's a great guy. If you follow him, if you guys follow him on social media, John Wayne Man, Carr, he's, he's got so fun one, to watch. One of the things that you know, John has got certain things that he has basically created for his fighting style, and he's got a system. He's got so much to teach guys. Yeah. He's got so much knowledge in that head. He needs to just start. The competitive side needs to just like yeah. settle down and go away for a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have that anymore in me. The competitive side. <laughs> I don't have it. But that's I a swear. good thing. Yeah, my nieces and my nephews like want to, like, come on, I'll, I'll brace you at this. I'm like, nah, you win. <laughs> I'm done. I was like, my whole life's big competition, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be. Yeah. I don't even want to compete in drinking games anymore. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> they hurt. That makes you hurt in the morning. Yeah. Um, there was, what else did I want to talk about? There was something else I wanted to bring up. <clears throat> Do you have it up, Dave? podcast dave his his fingers are sore <laughs> everything about him is sore right now that's so great together alone alone together you never listed are. anything uh, i thought i did i sent a list to uh to yeah the, the rounds were on it the rounds cage and then cage john warriors. wayne part and then what else the cage warriors was on there. oh the cage wars on there okay okay i guess well let's let's talk about this then what is what is your take on will we see khabib and tony Yes, I believe so. Will we see it in April? Yes, I believe so. Obviously not in New York. But no, <laughs> definitely not. Where do you think they're going to move it to? I. It will be somewhere in the Middle East. How's that? You think so? Yeah, it's either going to be in one of one of two places in, in the Middle East, Dubai, United Arab Emirates, or it will be in Russia. Do you not think that if this ban is lifted within the next two weeks, that they'll put it in Vegas? Uh, you know, it, and this is the whole thing. What the UFC would like to do mm-hmm. and what they will be able to do are is the real question because it's not so. It's not even so much. Um, it's about the government. They have no control yeah. over the government, and when you have a governor come out, and this is where people. I don't get into politics when people get upset and Trump should have done this. No, stop. You need to understand. You don't want a president that has the power to do things in individual states. That's what a governor is for. But when that governor comes out and says, we are mandating a quarantine, we are doing this for this long, or we're shutting this down, you know, that's a position where, you know, that governor is not going to now say, okay, we're going to, we're going to cut this back. They're, they're going to put things to the point of trying to be as safe as possible. California is a real problem. Okay. As far as you don't say the, the size of, yeah, the size of it with the coronavirus yeah. and the amount of people based upon just population. That's why New York has got so many problems and California is going to have so many problems. Yeah. And being that Nevada is right next to that, I don't, it's it's going to be a while before this thing lifts for the governor to say we are saying that we are allow the presence of public gatherings. And so I look and say, 
with the UFC, if they can go somewhere, be it to, you know, like I said, Dubai or United Arab Emirates or maybe Russia and actually put on a fight and put on a fight with people because just putting on the fight with people does something for their product. Yeah, it does. It adds to their product. And then they can also sell that to, you know, people on pay-per-view. Now the, the real question is this, and it's, this is what people are not kind of thinking about. Hey, right now people are concerned about money. Yeah. So if you do this in April and it's still, we still have this problem but you're able to put on how many people are going to put out the money for that pay-per-view. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna, I don't know. It could be that it just sells huge. You know, we mm. thought that sports was the thing when, you know, we were going to put out a product and there was no other live sports. And we thought that the UFC in Brazil would do, you know, great as far as, yeah you know, viewership. And we found out, no, it was the worst viewership of a UFC on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Who the hell knows? And if people are having to put out money, I, I'm just thinking there's a lot of people that aren't going to put out that money. Yeah, a lot that normally would that will not based upon I don't I just don't have that money to spend on fights. Yeah, you have to remember that even though we like to say we're not related to the boxing fans, fighting is boxing and MMA. They're kind of intertwined. You know, boxing yeah, totally. they, boxing fans are a little bit more hard. Like they, they're a little bit less likely to spend money on MMA events, but they have their favorites. They will do it. Yes. It's just they'll pick and choose who they do it for. But if their boxing fans will almost always buy the big pay-per-views, you know, in boxing because they're boxing hardcore fans. MMA will cross over. Our fans will cross. Yep. We'll buy boxing. We'll buy MMA. They're fight fans. You know, they're not just, oh, because of boxing or because of MMA. But right now you have to look at the demographic of who is probably our fan and what their financial income is. If you were to break that down, it's the ones that are probably having a hard time financially struggling. These people, our demographic of people, I think, that buy fights, pay-per-views, are the mom and pops that work the nine to five, that they, you know, they're plumbing all day or they're electrician all day. These are hardcore people that working work. People. Working That's people. Right. Like this is, this is hard the back, money. These are the backbone of, of America. And some and all of them are not working right now. You know, I mean, not all of them, but a big majority of them are not working. So financially, they've got kids probably to take care of. They've got schools to pay for. They've got whatever books and and sports and things like that for their family. That is a priority over everything else. And so I can I, I can't imagine the pay-per-view doing well. And is that a chance that yeah, UFC want to take? That's the problem. That That's the problem. Because you, you look and I, I always say, you know, parents, they'll give up just yep. about everything to make sure that their kids have what they need. If they're good parents. And, yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, when it comes down to the difference of your kids having food on the table or I'm going to watch a fight, well, guess which one's going to end up happening. Yeah. Or, you know, your kids need something from school for their schoolwork that, you know, is now being, you know, required. That's going to get bought where the pay-per-view won't. So yeah, it's a, it's a big question. You know, if, especially if this goes farther and gets closer to that, you know, April date that they had, you know, I, they could move the date and, you know, shuffle it into, we'll say May or something like that. Uh, but I, th you know, Danish has proven that, you know, Hey, I want to put on fights, you know, yeah. and he's come out and he's been, you know, very stern and staunch. He's he called the uh, MMA media, the wimpiest and weakest people. Says on Dana the planet, White. says Dana I love White. that. <laughs> I just cracked that one. Says was Dana White. No, oh, and so, uh, you know, but you know, he's the reason he's committed 
to putting on fights is he has to. This is his job. Yeah, yep. And he's got to make money for his company because the parent company that owns them has been sucking all that money out of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, look at the UFC has been doing very well. But when you have a parent company that's taking all of that profit and putting it into another part of their their business, you know, the, he's got a lot of employees to pay for. And we're not talking about the 600 fighters. We're talking about, think of all those people yep. that are working for the UFC, not only in Vegas, but they have other oh, yeah. entities around the world. You're talking about 600 or so employees that they haven't laid anybody off. You know, there's yeah. a whole lot of people that have been laid off right now, you know, and yeah, it's a, it's a time layoff. We're saying, well, we, you know, we, we, we have to get rid of you right now. We'll, we'll bring you back when this is all over, but they haven't laid anybody off. You know, and they're, those people are going to be getting their salary right now, except for the fighters. That's the one, because those are independent contractors, you know, with them, but he needs to put on fights so he can pay those people. Do you go out on a limb and make this a free fight and hopefully you can get money back on commercials? Oh, you can't. I know. There's no way. I you, can because you, you you have an idea of how much Khabib's gonna make. Yeah, but can you okay. uh, here's the thing. Can can you do it with with not sponsors, with endorsement deals? WME well, you, can you, bring you, in you endorsement have, deals and ESPN can bring them and you can run yeah, commercials. You can do okay, it that way. That's what I would say is you would have to make that deal with ESPN based upon yeah. Look at ESPN paid the UFC already. Yeah, true. For all of these pay-per-views. So if the if ESPN would be okay with it, yes, you could. You could do it. Yeah. You know, and put it on free and try to, you know, just maximize the sponsorships and the advertisements for it and make your money that way, possible, but I I just don't know if they would do it. That's a huge hit too. I mean, you're talking. I mean, you're probably talking. Huge. You know, two million pay per views. I think normal okay. normal circumstances. Normal circumstances. Okay. I would say probably close to one one eight to two million. One point eight to two million. I think because what did uh, Khabib and Connor did two point four? Correct. I think they did two point four. Yeah. Something like yep. that. Somewhere around there. Yep. I would put they Tony did. and him in normal circumstances. One point eight to two. You know, I think under these circumstances. You don't know, like you said, the mom, the the hardcore working backbone backbone America, is financially strapped. They don't know when yep. they're going back to work. I'm not That's paying sixty five bucks or sixty four dollars or seventy dollars, whatever it is for HD, to watch this. Seventy bucks. That's crazy. And just, I I feel like you. I think to show the type of company you are, and you want to be considered the big. You are considered the biggest MMA company in the world. This is one of those situations where you put profits aside and you say, hey, look at you making make business money. decisions for the U.S. I know, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say I, I can't say I would. I don't know. I would hope I would hope. I mean, here's the thing. I had hoped the UFC would pay all the fighters from the London show and the London people had called me and reached out to me a couple of them and said, I haven't been paid yet. You know, so maybe when the dust settles, we'll get paid or maybe they're going to rebook us right away. But none of them got paid. Except for the ones nope. that fought in cage wars, that's that sucks. That's harsh. That sucks, and people are criticizing like, oh, you know that that like uh, you know Bellator guys they actually weighed in and they and they deserve to get paid. I'm like, they well, still these guys paid for their camp though. The camp well, they is have, not cheap, man. But this is you're looking at people talking about basic history of 
fighters getting paid. And once they've weighed in, Mm -hmm. if their fight gets canceled and it's not their fault, those fighters, be it for the UFC or Bellator or anyone else for the most part, have always gotten paid at least their show money. And so, you know, that's where people are looking and saying, well, all those Bellator fighters, you know, they all weighed in and they're right. Mm-hmm. All those Bellator fighters weighed in, and yes, they all got paid, and that's what should have been done. And yes, it's true that the UFC London fighters did not weigh in yet. It was canceled basically the week before, or you know, five six days before. Yeah. So technically, no, you know, yeah. they didn't weigh in. It's just you know, it's one of those they were counting on it, and and this comes down. You know, I used to say, you know, people, especially when when I was young, you know. Income tax, you know, it's being taken out all year long, and I waited for that check. You know, man, I, I, I wanted to go to the tax guy because I knew I had put in enough, man. I was yeah. going to get money back, and I had already mentally spent that money. Yes. You know? And that's that's what's happening with these fighters is they've mentally spent that money, and most of them have mentally spent both checks, being at the show money yeah. and the win money, which is the problem with that system that fighters do mentally spend it already, so... Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those you would like to see the UFC pay that. I understand if they don't, because they're not required to. Yeah, you know, but you would like to see it because you you want what's best. You know, those fighters did put out everything they could to get ready for that fight. We're we're ready. They just weren't given the opportunity to weigh in. Yeah, fighters. Uh, Notice that weigh in, that whole weighing <laughs> in thing. You like that? Huh? Very good, very good. The I just attitude reflects leadership, and I think the leadership needs to lead by example and, and pay the athletes, you know, because it costs a lot of money for camps. And people think like, oh, you know, what's it cost? You know, a thousand, two thousand? No, man, it costs a lot of money to have a camp. Yeah. You know, okay, at the level that these guys are fighting at, these guys and these girls that are fighting at, it just you need nutritionists. If you don't have a nutritionist, that's fine, but you can do it all yourself. I mean, I pretty much did it all myself up until well, my last the older couple you fights. get. Yeah. The older you get, yep. the more you need a nutritionist. Yep, and that's kind of where I was at. My last three fights, I used Lockhart and Leith, and uh, they helped me a lot. And it made it a lot, lot made it a lot easier for me just to come home, and they'd make food for me. Not have everything to think prepared. About I don't have to think about anything. I don't like, oh shit, I got to make dinner now. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stress that goes into all that, and uh, not just that, but there's a lot of financial money that goes out. You know, to eat healthy is fucking ridiculously expensive. It's absolutely <laughs> expensive. You know, and. Yeah. A whole lot cheaper to eat ramen. Yeah, it's just exactly right. Remember the remember you buy like the ten pack or the the box oh, God, of it, yeah. it's like ten the cents best. to eat. You know, and you'd go and crack an egg in it, cook an egg, and put it in there. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, um, <laughs> see, and you still like it. Yeah, I still do. I actually you get used do. to it. I was the same way, man. Definitely not healthy for you, but definitely like <laughs> no. it. Yes, um, like a salt lick. I just would like people want to keep saying, "Oh, they're the biggest company. They're bigger than this show and bigger than this show." They are, but let's. I guess you have to hold them accountable. You can't keep giving them the credit for those type of things and not hold them accountable for certain situations like this. I understand it's easy for us to sit, especially me, to sit on the side and tell other people how to spend their money. You know, I think it's easy for everyone to do that. And But I would like to see, I fought for that company for years and I'd like to see them lead by example and take the initiative and pay their athletes. These A lot of these athletes struggle, man, from paycheck to paycheck, from fight to fight. And, and and people think that it's, it's that they don't like oh they're on TV they're this I mean I've had so many people hit me up like oh I thought you'd have a bigger I thought you'd have a nicer car you'd have this I'm like no because I knew eventually the fucking money was gonna run out <laughs> dude like you know this it ain't gonna be around forever so 
you learn you learn quickly yeah. hey the nice car is it's great man it looks good mm -hmm. and when you're looking at the payment of it and you realize that that car does the same thing as that cheap car over there they mm -hmm. both get me from point a to point b just one makes me look better in it i don't need to look good i'll the, take the cheaper car the one thing that i learned from my grandfather uh he was ceo of like a major company and stuff and uh one thing i learned from him though was he lived he lived to this to the day he died was if you can't afford to buy a cash you don't need it and so True. every time I think to myself when I need to buy something, the only thing that I've ever bought that I couldn't afford to pay cash for, which was still pretty close, was my house. Yeah, that was it. Different. You know, that's different. But I mean, I don't owe anything on my house now. You know, I'm, I owe like peanuts, you know, in the Bay Area. That's fucking very hard to come by. You know? Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, especially so, there. You know, and the other thing, too, is the money you put in your house, you get back. And so, yep. you know, that's the whole that's the hopes anyways. Um, you know what I mean? But that was one thing that I think I, it always, I always lived by that rule and it helped me a lot in everything I did. So when I had a Mercedes S six three, I had a GL wagon, Mercedes GL wagon. I paid cash for all of them. So when I sold them, I got all my money back though. Not all of my money, but yeah, you know you're I mean. lying now. You didn't get all your money. No, you got but some you, money back. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I got a, I got a big portion of my money back. So even though cars are bad investments, but I never kept my cars yeah. longer than three or four years. So when I did get rid of them, I still had substantial amount of money in them to trade it in for something else to get me a nice car as well you know but i did i went through that phase of like having nice cars i'm like all right fuck it i'm done with that shit you know but i afford i could afford to pay cash for it and get it back and like i, I went and watched that 30 was it a 30 for 30 or e60 or whatever it was called broke with all of the uh, of all the NFL fucking players all nfl players and it had a list Sad. Of, it had a list at the very end of all athletes like top soccer players that were making like 200 million for like three year contracts. Fucking insane. Soccer players make way more than anybody. Oh, fucking crazy, crazy, crazy money. money, insane money. And I'm like, and I see soccer players on there and I see, I see basketball players and I see football players, I see baseball players. I'm like, how the, if these guys can burn through hundreds of millions of dollars, Mike Tyson, hundreds of millions of dollars, why can't I burn through what I made? Like, a, you know, maybe a couple, maybe a little over a million something. You know what I mean? Like in my whole career, maybe, maybe, maybe made over like a, maybe a million or something. Of course you're going to go through it, especially living in the fucking Bay Area. Just financially be responsible, I guess. It just was one of those things anyways. Yeah, that was something I, I, I worked with for, I went through my mind for years, just making sure that I could always, if I couldn't afford to buy cash, I didn't need it. Well, you got good advice. You know, I did learn something from that movie. What was it called? Blindside. When she's like, if you don't love it on the rack, you're not going to love it any more than you love it on the rack. So if you don't love it now, don't buy it. Because I found myself just walking in the store. Oh, that's kind of cool. Didn't really try it on. Just bought it. Got it home. I was like, fucking hate this thing. Take it back. You know, and most of the time I never took it back and it just sat in my fucking house. And now I still have stuff with like fucking tags on it that I want to get rid of. You know, I just donate it all because like, if you don't love it on the rack, you don't really like you don't really like it. So that's another thing. Like when you're walking through the store, you don't love it when you first see it. You're not going to love it any more than that very moment. So don't buy it if you don't love it. Yep. That's another thing. I guess I had little tidbits in my mind to keep myself from spending money because God knows I could do it if I need to. I don't, I don't. I don't spend money. Yeah, you live in the middle of fucking nowhere in Tennessee. I don't spend anything, <laughs> dude. My wife spends it all. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so I, funny. For years, you got to figure. I've been married thirty-five years. Go, oh, thirty-five. God, okay? God help that your wife. How, that's why I'm seventy-five. As God, you would say. God help your okay. wife. Oh, are you kidding? The luckiest <laughs> thing that she ever did. Oh, jeez. Okay. And I, when 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 she turned fifty, I said, I I, I got to turn you in for two twenty-five year olds. Yes. 
right? She goes, you couldn't handle two 25-year-olds. I said, yes, I can prove that I can. Let me try. <laughs> but then when I got to 30 years of marriage, I said, dude, at 30 years, I should be able to retire from this. Yes. You know, at 30 years, you should be able to retire. Do you want and she it? goes, good. I'll get 50% then. Right? <laughs> and I said, fucking hey, That means I get 50% more than I'm getting now. Let's do it. <laughs> And, that is uh, true. That's true. Never worked out for me. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. I could see, I could see you I could see you trading somebody in for two 25 year olds. Yeah. I come on. I think it'd be too much of a headache though, man. Try oh, to, dude, try are to, you kidding? Have you ever started to talk to a 25 year old? It's so oh, man. It's Not difficult. Only that. It's difficult. Oh man. <laughs> I I like we we've got we've got some fighters that are 25 on our roster and I'm I, I'm having a conversation oh, with God. them and I'm like it's sometimes it's hard. I'm just like, gosh, do you even know what the world is about? <laughs> nope. <laughs> just, oh no. All right. Well, hey, um, I guess that's kind of it. There's not really much to talk about. No, well, yeah. let's see. What the next fight that's coming up is nada. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all oh good. man. All right. Well everyone out there, be safe. Yep. Social distancing is nice, but you can still talk to people. Get in touch with people. Get them on the phone. FaceTime. Text them. FaceTime. All that yeah. stuff. I, I, I'm going to give you a little thing. You know, I always send Mauro Ronaldo something because Mauro's great on the uh, on I his little it. piano thing. Wow, he's got his like he's got this little orchestra piano thing, man. It's got all the tunes and everything. So I, I'll always send him challenges. Hey, so I sent him this one. I used to love this song from super tramp when i was competing i would play this song at school and it had this piano riff in it and it would just psych me up i don't know why but i just loved it and then i got my kids to like it and everything and then so i i was thinking and so i sent it to him hey here's here's your challenge for the day because morrow's been hurt with the kidney stones and stuff oh, so i said here here's your uh here's your, your challenge for today you can change it the way you want anything and he sent me a tired this whole thing man it's beautiful the guy is so talented; it's incredible. He, I mean, it sounds great, and uh, just reach out and touch someone. I don't care who it is. Make sure that they're uh, knowing that you're thinking about them. Yeah, exactly. Because, like I said earlier in the show, a lot of people are, are sitting at home right now, feeling a little depressed. Some some people don't have family, you know, nearby them. They're just quarantined to their house. Their job is not there, available to them. Like kind of, we talk about John Wayne Parr. His job was fighting, and he just felt lost without it. Some of these, some of these people that are sitting at home, they're lost without people at work because yep. their family doesn't live nearby That's their them. Team. You know, and so you guys got to be very, uh, be very thoughtful and think of other people during this time. And, uh, you know, reach out to them. Even if it's just a text, like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, how you handling all this? You know, FaceTime is amazing. Give that a try. If you guys got, everyone's using uh, Zoom right now. There's an app called Zoom. Zoom. I did that. Zoom. And there's another one called House Party. So those those apps you can actually get like multiple friends on. And I've done that a couple of times. I did this thing with my neighbors uh, two days ago. I called social distancing drinking. And uh, we all walked out to the I court. <laughs> we all walked out to the court. And we all uh, cracked beers from six feet away and sat in the middle of the street. And uh and had a beer together. So it was kind of nice and walked back inside the house and said hi. And it was pretty funny. We got some pictures and we were talking about it and laughing about it. But it was it was meant to be a joke, but it turned into a real thing. We were out there for a good hour and a half, you know, just venting about, you know, uh, life in general and how crazy everything was. And it was it was a good experience to be around somebody else, you know, at that time, you know, instead of just being at home in your house, you know, alone or with, you know, or just with your wife. <laughs> you know, so it was good to kind of just get out. All right, guys. Um, well, hey. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out our workout videos, Dave, uh, looks fabulous in them. Uh, great comments. Dave is not as fat as I make him out to be, but 
Uh, he will get fat if he doesn't do more workouts, and he's going to take today off, I think. He's already kind of complaining about how his legs and his butt and his, his back and his shoulders and his fingers and everything are sore. Well, quit um, falling off of couches. Yeah, that would probably help, right? <laughs> he's not sore from the workout. He's sore from trying to be a WWE superstar. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Check out our workouts. Okay, you guys can also tie them together. They're on our uh, weighing in page. I'm sure most of you guys already know that. Share our workouts as well. Uh, alone together. Hashtag alone together. That's a Viacom initiative. We're working with them. I also use a couple other different things. You know, Monster Energy drinks as weights. Uh, you can use bottles, filled up bottles. You can use uh, filled up uh, water bottles, things like that. There Blackout you go. Yeah. coffee. Blackout coffee. You can use your anything you need. That can uh, that can you you can use to fill it up with water or liquid or anything that's heavy. We use a medicine ball for one of the workouts. Try that as well. You know we have options, but anyways, the workouts are up there for you guys to stay active at home, so you don't you don't gain the COVID fifteen, which is fifteen pounds while we're on this break. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and so uh, you know, let's try and stay healthy, and also the energy with your workouts it helps keep you positive, gives you that that little bit of that that uh, um, happiness. You know, I feel happy after I, get, after I get a good workout and I feel happy. All right, guys, follow me, The Real Punk, on Instagram and Twitter. John McCarthy MMA on Instagram and Twitter. And Podcast Dave on Instagram, Podcast Dave One on Twitter. I'm working on this. I've been tweeting so much lately. You got it, man. You're good. Thumbs are down. Uh, at Wayne In Show as well. Or, so sorry, just Wayne In Show on Instagram. We don't have a Twitter yet. I'm going to get that. We got to get that set up because I'm tired of hashtagging Twitter, uh, Wayne In. So. <laughs> We got plenty of time now. I'm trying to get my garage cleaned out at home. It's a fucking disaster. <laughs> so I fucking hate it. But I got to tell you, I'm getting a ton of shit done lately. Jeez, Good. Just sitting around the house. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Share our show. Hit the thumbs up. YouTube, Instagram, or YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the all other things. Put us up on all the platforms. Share our videos. Stay positive. You guys, we're going to get this through the, get through this help all together out. and help somebody. If you know somebody that needs someone, like you have an elderly neighbor, you know, yeah. Reach out to them. See if you can go shopping for them. Pick up something for them, whether it's baby wipes, toilet paper, you know, canned foods, whatever it is. Do the best you can. So, all right. Um, good luck, you guys, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon.